0: hello there and welcome to gilded in blood the horror lit podcast my name is kevin and welcome to the first official short shock this is a kind of a sub segment where i cover short stories rather than long form works like novels or graphic novels or novellas and if you've listened to the little introducing short shocks episode you'll all have explained what i'm really all about here i just want to Format so that I can cover these short works of horror fiction that I feel that people probably get into the horror genre with. Most people start off reading horror short stories rather than a big clunky novel. So these episodes are going to be quick to the point. We'll be going over different short stories that I feel are important to the genre We'll go through the plot pretty much beat by beat as a simple review podcast might with a with a piece of work, but I'll be taking a moment to stop and talk about certain issues I feel are kind of interesting or of import, and we'll move on from there. So I hope you enjoy this. Our first episode of the Short Shock Collection is a story by Roll Dahl, and that is a name that most people are going to be familiar with, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, James and the Giant Peach, Fantastic Mr. Fox, quite a few novels that are pretty common knowledge in, uh, in young adult literature. But he is actually more well known or was more well known as an author of dark fiction, horror fiction. And one of the, his collections, Tales of the Unexpected, has multiple stories that will surprise you in that you've probably seen them somewhere else before. If you've watched the movie four rooms and the last segment uh, directed by Quentin Tarantino about a bet where a person is going to try to light their lighter 10 times in a row. And if he does, he wins uh, something very nice. I think it's a car, but if he misses even one, he has to lose a finger. That's a story by Roald Dahl. If you've ever seen an Alfred Hitchcock Presents episode about a put upon housewife who kills her husband with a frozen leg of lamb and then is able to feed the murder weapon to the police coming to investigate the noises that neighbors hear, that's a story by Roald Dahl. There's quite a few very well known short stories. Uh, in the horror and suspense realm that Dahl is, is responsible for. So I recommend picking up Tales of the Unexpected. But in that collection is the story we're going to talk about today, which is Royal Jelly. Now, this also had an adaptation in the 70s with a television series in Britain called Tales of the Unexpected. So it's specifically uh, for rolled doll stories and the adaptation is pretty good, but the short story is, is better. I I really recommend you go get it. So if you need to find it, uh, I have my copy is in tales of the unexpected. I recommend you go get that, but I'm sure it's available in other places as well. Now, unlike our regular Gilded in Blood episodes, I'm not going to do a real deep dive into the background of the short story or the background of the author. Uh, if we come across a novel that we want to cover with Roald Dahl, which seems unlikely most of his novel work was not in the horror genre, we can get, get into that. Otherwise, go to Wikipedia and read about him. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's pretty easy to do. But our purpose today is we're just going to talk about this wonderful short story, so let's get into it. The story focuses on a married couple named Albert and Mabel Taylor. And they have a new baby daughter who is not eating and who is losing weight. Now, any of you who out there who are parents know that this is a common worry, constant, constant worry. That's all a baby is: uh, whether it's eating enough, whether it's eating too much. What's what's this rash on its foot? Uh, is it going to roll over and explode? I mean, th- that's just crazy, crazy stuff that you're worried about as a parent. But the biggest thing is not eating enough. Because if it's not eating enough, it's getting weak. And specifically, Mabel is having a hard time with this. She cannot understand why this baby is not eating the proper amount. Now, the husband, Albert, he has the same worry, but we really see the stolid male fortitude uh and that is all sarcastically said uh he placates his wife he doesn't really help her in any way he kind of puts his blind faith in doctors we have to trust the doctor the doctor said eventually it's going to happen so albert is really doing the surface level here but mabel is is in the sea of worry and they've been trying for a baby for nine years so this is especially worrisome because they've they've been trying so hard to get this child and now the child is is not eating getting sick uh problems abound so there's an extra layer of worry there that's that's pretty intense now it becomes apparent a little bit later on in the story that Albert is an apiarist or a beekeeper, and that he, uh, the story says he has a special affinity for it. He has this connection with bees. He doesn't go out uh, with protective equipment. He doesn't have the bee suit or the smoke or anything, and the bees are never aggressive towards them. He, they climb all over him. He is never stung. It's it's interesting that that is noted in the story, but it's going to become important a little bit later on. And we're told early in the story in kind of this uh, clunky, I mean, let's be honest, it's a clunky info dump, but we learn about the substance of royal jelly. And this is a real thing. This is not made up for the story. Royal jelly is this nutrient-rich substance that's fed to bee larvae to help them gain weight when they're, when they're young. And while most of the larvae are weaned off of it early on, those who are destined to become queens keep getting it, this constant feeding of this royal jelly. So Albert, being the apiarist he is and maybe a little bit insane, makes this connection. He says, well, if royal jelly can cause a larvae to gain weight, and it's well known that royal jelly is safe for human consumption. We're going to get into that argument between him and Mabel here in a little bit. What if I fed royal jelly to the kid? So he goes to try to tell Mabel his idea, but instead, because Mabel's kind of distraught, she's, she's weepy, she's tired. He says, look, I'll take the baby. I'll take over feedings for the next uh, 24, 36 hours. You get some rest. And while Mabel does not know what's going on, certainly the reader does. So he keeps the truth from her for a while, actually, Uh, and there's this creepy father-knows-best mentality to it. Uh, There's this very subtle but certainly there through line of the story where the male of the situation treats the female like a hysterical woman. And it's a very interesting concept that this story kind of plays with. It's never really brought up to the surface and and examined in a deep way, but it's certainly there and it adds this helplessness aspect to the story. We really start to side with Mabel throughout the story because nobody wants uh, their significant other to be taking over the rearing of a child in a way that we don't agree with with out their knowledge. It, it's just bad news. So when the truth comes out, and eventually it will, Mabel is very understandably distraught and upset and frustrated, but Albert always responds to that as, well, you're being hysterical. I mean, just looking at it logically and really brushing aside her objections in a way that really frustrates the reader and makes the story a uh, creepy on another level. But let's get back to it. He couches this, I'm going to take over the feeding as wanting to kind of chip in and share the load. But he he obviously has ulterior motives. And things do begin to improve. Obviously, uh, the child starts eating more. Uh, And more and more. And that becomes a different worry. But things improve between Albert and Mabel. Mabel does get a little bit more rest. Albert is very happy with the way things are going. But when Mabel does find out that Albert has been putting something into the baby's food to get her more weight, obviously, she's very upset about this and even more so when she learns what exactly it is that Albert is putting into the baby's food. And as I mentioned before, there that's when we start to get into the standard male reacting to the hysterical female uh, phrases like, keep your hair on and don't overreact. Uh, so clearly, Dahl keeps the sympathy with Mabel in this story. And I think our, our sympathy would go to her anyway, because if any of us uh, out there have a child you know that you know protecting your child is is bar none it's it's the a number one priority so the idea that somebody is feeding something to your child that you don't know exactly what it is or you disagree with is very frightening but then we do have this long conversation between Albert and Mabel where Albert reveals to Mabel that he has been putting royal jelly into the baby's food To help her gain weight. And the conversation is odd because obviously Mabel does not like this idea, but Albert keeps countering her objections with cold logical facts. It's safe for human consumption. Uh, they actually bottle this and sell it, and all he seems to be able to focus on is the price of it uh as if being more expensive makes it safe and there's this subtle commentary here uh with consumerism and and things like that that well it's really expensive, so it's got to be excellent for you uh you know read the health food industry if you want right there, but uh he says you know people buy little vials of this for hundreds of dollars. And they drink it as a restorative, as as something that will help them. But no matter how you slice it, Albert is really experimenting on his own child. He, doesn't, he has no idea what royal jelly actually will do to somebody. He's just read a couple of articles, and he's made this connection, and he's feeding this to his own kid. And Albert explains the whole process to Mabel, and as he does, she starts to look at him. <laughs> and this is where the story kind of gets over into something that... It may sound goofy if I'm just telling you about it, but when you really read it, it comes off creepier than that. So that's why I really wanted you to read the story a little bit first before you you listen to this discussion of it, because it does read weirder and creepier than it sounds uh, just me talking about it. But she starts to look at him and he looks a little bit like a bee himself he's kind of got no neck he's got these weird yellow brownish hairs on his on his arms and on, on his neck and on uh on his chest and she says he looks grotesque to look at so it's this whole conversation is offset by the fact that he almost looks like a bee himself and, and the idea that he is an apiarist he works with bees he has this weird connection with him is starting to get very odd and and very creepy uh Albert tells Mabel of you know studies where researchers found that the royal jelly has tons of positive effects and more effects than just putting on weight and We'll get to that in just a moment, but there's there's more to the story than than simply feeding it to the baby, and the baby does start eating, she doubles her portion and then Mabel worries about that, but Albert says, no, it's fine. It's fine. And Albert keeps invalidating her fears, keeps saying things like, oh, you're never satisfied, denying her of that right as a mother to worry about her child. So that's, uh, as I said, that's kind of the the secondary aspect of this story that stories of this time tend to focus on. Uh, It reminded me a tiny bit of Rosemary's Baby, where Rosemary had constant worries about her child and her pregnancy, but her husband and everybody else around and just you know, trust the doctors, don't worry, you're you're being overreactive, you're being hysterical, but nobody will listen to the mom. So there's there's a little bit of that here as well. And eventually Mabel finds that the baby has grown grotesquely fat, like full to bursting, and looks unnatural and inhuman, and she starts to make the connection. She sees those same Yellow brown hairs on the baby's stomach. And things start to get off the rails. Albert at this point reveals that he's turned over a hundred of his hives to producing royal jelly, which is a massive amount. And at this point, the reader might have this question like, why do you need so much royal jelly just for a baby? That's the right question to ask. But he does say, almost proudly, right under your very nose. And there's this proud aspect to Albert. Saying, oh, I've, I've really duped you on this. I, uh, you didn't even have any idea. And I, I did it right under your nose. And he seems very happy about it. He seems very proud. And at that point, he reveals that he has been drinking massive amounts of royal jelly because the other aspect of royal jelly is that it increases fertility. In bees, so he thought that maybe it would increase fertility in humans, and that's why they have a child after nine years of trying. And he makes it out as this cause of their their miraculous uh, parenthood, but of course it just horrifies Mabel all the more. He's even been drinking it since she became pregnant. Has continued to drink this, and Mabel sees that her husband starts to look even more like this bee, and realizes he's turning into this odd hybrid and then looks at her daughter and thinks of a gigantic grub that might soon emerge into the world complete with mandibles and wings. And the closing line of the story is Albert says to Mabel, we don't want our little queen to catch cold. Let's let's cover her up. So, And that's where the story leaves you. So uh, Roald Dahl leaves a little bit to the imagination. Are these people actually going to Turn into human bee hybrids themselves the this hideous insect thing, uh, all because the drinking of royal jelly and that's where he leaves it and he kind of leaves that up to the reader to decide a wonky, crazy, weird little sh- uh horror short story, uh one of the few that he really dips into what you might call the supernatural realm. Uh, Most of his stuff is kind of in the suspense mystery aspect, but this one really goes into horror territory, especially when you consider as a parent what you might do if somebody has been feeding your child this royal jelly substance that is meant for insects and starts turning your child into Uh, an insect so a pretty good little short story one that I really really enjoyed and I hope that uh, if you've already read it I hope you enjoyed it and if you've done this the opposite way the, the way that I suggest if you've listened to this and now you want to go read it yourself I hope you enjoy it that's it for our first short shock episode I hope you enjoyed that one In two weeks' time, our next short shock is going to be a story by Harlan Ellison, and probably the only one that comes to mind. If uh, you've even remotely heard of Harlan Ellison, you've heard of the story I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. Excellent short story. We're going to get to it uh, in the next couple of weeks. But until then, stay safe and stay spooked.